golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Rich B., no, that's just great. I'm, I, you know, finally our producer comes up with something. Are you serious? Get that out of here. I've heard enough of that. And if I have yes. to, if I have to watch a, you know, the meltdown at uh, at the at the uh, and yeah, Eagles. No, at the other one uh, there in uh, 2012 that you were at the Jinx, Holly the Jinx. Yeah, so what are you going to blame it on this time, Rich B? You know, I'm just going to say these guys uh, definitely got outplayed. Europe defeating USA 16.5 to 11.5 in the Ryder Cup on Sunday. In case anybody fell on a rock and uh, hasn't listened to any golf news over the last couple of days. Terrible golf news. You know, it's a tough way to start the morning all weekend. Now, I'm dragging my Wi-Fi and my computer to work with me, right, just so I can see the matches in, uh, you know... (laughs) In the morning matches, it was okay. By the afternoon, which was, you know, like 9 o'clock here. Um, I was texting you at 2.30 in the morning. That was not a great idea. I don't know why you did that. And, uh, DVR'd a- it, but still had to get up and watch it live. You know, I'm just that, that crazy kind of kind of woman. I, I'm glad to know that you're thinking about me at 2.30 in the morning. Oh. That's not really matter. Yeah, that, that's, that's TMI, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Um so, yeah, Rich, there's nothing better than the Ryder Cup. And there we were on Saturday, a little bit of uh, reverse karma there as we were down 10-6, needing to pull off a miracle the next day. And looked like with Jordan and Ricky Fowler and You're Mr. talking about Reed singles matches on Sunday. On Sunday that they, you know, we had the young studs going out and – um, man, you know, you got to love how Reed played and just his energy and his, you know, passion. Um, and Jordan Spieth, a little, little surprised. Started out, you know, started out on a roll, but whoa-hoa. Yeah, I, you know, uh, he must have seen a ghost or something. Um, uh, you know, after nine holes or he ate a hot dog in a, or a hamburger in a bag of chips and a Coke Kind of felt familiar. It felt a little bit like. Augusta and a couple other tournaments, he's he's uh, had a little trouble. He was three up through nine and proceeded to plots after that, and he lost two down. Right? He loses two and one. Now that's uh, that's just a complete collapse. Uh, and Rory McIlroy, are you kidding me? Birdie eagle, birdie par, birdie birdie in the first six holes. Rich B. Well, don't forget Patrick Reed wins his match one up. Then you go to the next one, Rory McIlroy. Is minus five through nine holes. Okay, so he's just on fire, and and uh, at the turn, Fowler is not uh, five down. 
So, you know, it's just no chance for this guy to come back. Not- uh, the next match is uh, Justin Rosen, uh, Hunter Mayhan. They have uh, Gallagher got beat by Mickelson, which was a big surprise, I think. Mickelson finally closed the deal. Good for him. Lots more to talk about. Lefty in a few minutes. Martin Keimer, just three under through nine. He's playing Bubba Watson. Watson's plus three after nine. Please, Bubba, pay attention. He got whooped all the way around. I don't think he won a match. Bjorn, Kuchar, Bjorn. Yeah, Kuch, uh, Kuch wins four and three. We got what we expected out of Kuch, I think. Yeah, Sergio just, oh, God, that was it was a great match to watch because Furyk is trying desperately to get a half. And uh, and uh, Sergio just dragged him to the you know the bank and reeled him in and you know caught him a big fat fish. So you know and, and Fura can't close the deal. I don't know what it is. You know, in the last day on Sunday, he just uh, you know back nine on Sunday, he can't get it done. And you Jamie know? Donaldson, the other big story, dude, he makes five birdies, and uh, uh, Keegan Bradley makes one birdie. This is what the match play event is all about. If you're making birdies, you're winning. If you're not making birdies. Stay home. And my big uh, my big problem was Yes. Friday. They got the slowest greens in town. That was Hawaiian Rumble slow. You know what I mean? I, how slow do they have to be? These guys, they can't make a putt if the ball ain't rolling out. You know what I mean? We, oh, that was hard to watch. We got hammered in foursomes, no doubt about it, one point out of eight. Well, he is back a little bit weary from uh, his week at Glen Eagles, but we're going to go to our main man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, to get all of his uh, insights, comments, and thoughts on that crazy press conference, Bob. (laughs) How are you guys doing? Yes, a little bit weary, but uh, good to be home. Well, let's uh, start out with just your, you know, your overall comments and experience of the USA team. Obviously, there's been lots of uh, chatter going on about, you know, Phil and his comments in the press conference and the captaincy and our whole process and the PGA needing to, you know, wake up and make some changes. But let's just start from your overall just uh, experience and what went what went down on, well, of course, the foursomes. And then Saturday, we're down 10-6 and looking like we needed a lot of prayers. And then uh, right. some disappointment Sunday with uh, the the early the early matches out. Well, first off, I think you know you have to just kind of give it up to Europe. These guys just get it done. It's incredible how they managed to uh, play some really good golf. Um, you know, uh, there was some some amazing runs by the European team. Uh, you know, Justin Rose was phenomenal. Uh, you know, who, who would have thought that they would get as little as they did really out of Rory, Sergio, uh, Ian Poulter, and, and have a 10-6 to six lead uh, going into Sunday? I mean, obviously they, uh, those guys uh, did pretty well on, on Sunday, but, I mean, they hadn't done much in the team stuff. I mean, if, if you would have looked and thought Rory wasn't going to win much and neither was Poulter, you'd have thought the U.S. would be right there, and they weren't. Rose stepped up. Uh, GMAC and Dubasan step up. Uh, just everything seemed to click uh, for them. So that's the first thing. And then, you know, this, the other side of it is, regardless of what we think is wrong with the process or the captains or the pairings or whatever, you had four guys for the U.S. in the top ten, and combined they won one match 
Bubba was 0-3. Uh, Kutcher won once. Uh, Ricky Fowler did not win, had three ties. And uh, I'm missing missing one other player. Uh, but, uh, oh, Furyk. 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 So I'm, uh, they, he was the only guy to get a win. So they, they actually had two wins among the top among the top ten. And Furyk ran his overall record, has now 20 losses, the most ever in U.S. Ryder Cup history. So, you know, our, our, our the, the U.S., top, top guys just didn't perform. And that's kind of the story, really, in these Ryder Cups. Bob, and, Bob, I got a question now. Do you think this is going to be the same looking team in two more years, Bob? You know, see some of your uh, stalwarts there, like uh, Furyk, Mickelson, um, Bubba. You know, the, uh, you think they'll be back again? Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is those guys all made the team on points, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that you could say that our system for choosing the teams is bad. You know, those guys. You know, Phil. Phil Bubba and Furyk are, are are near or in the top ten, so you can't you can't go wrong there. Um, uh, but on the other hand, I think what this Ryder Cup proved, and I've always been prop- a, a proponent of experience. I think that's wrong. I, I'm 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 sort of leaning against it now. I'm starting to say, you know what? What's the young guys had no fear. They went out there and performed. I mean, uh, the, the three rookies were the best three players on the team. Uh, uh, and so, you know, maybe that needs to be the emphasis going forward. First of all, I'd, whoever the next captain is, I'd get the fourth captain's pick back. Why, why would you limit yourself? Why would Watson take away a spot? I don't understand why he did that. Um, that doesn't mean anything would have changed, but give yourself some flexibility. And if I'm them, I'm, I'm going for the youth and, and the guys who, who are on the verge. If they don't make it, but you, they've shown something, get the young guys on there. You know, I mean, Ricky Fowler didn't win, but he showed us something still, I thought. I, he, I thought he was very, very good. And, and, uh, and so the Reed, the, the, Reed's... The, the, the hardcore guys, I'm not sure if they'll be back. And Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth turned out to be a, you know, great pairing. That could have gone very differently. But uh, the rookies, I think... You know, I, I felt really good about that pairing because, uh, you know, I think Spieth, he's, you know, he's got that that inner burn inside of him. And Reed, we know, is, you know, just a, a pit bull. And, um, you know, it makes you wonder what it would have looked like with Kirk and Horschel out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I think that's very easy to second guess now. It's very, and it's, it's, it's understandable. Uh, you know, Horschel was never going to be picked on September 2nd when they made the picks because he hadn't done anything yet. But, you know, you, you sit there and go, why not wait a week or two? He, he, he has some fire just like Patrick Reed does, and that might have served them well. Um, you mentioned the, the, the Reed-Spieth team. I believe Steve Stricker had a lot to do with that. There was a time where it looked like Reed was going to play with Furyk. Uh, they, they, they changed that up. They go out and win the first their first match. They beat Ian Poulter. Remember, I think we even talked – no, we, we they hadn't made the pairings when we spoke last week, but there there was talk that that was sort of like a, a great position for them to be in. It was almost like a no lose position because they were not expected to win. Well, they went out and won, and then what happens? Tom Watson doesn't play him in the afternoon, and I think that's where kind of it started. I mean, it was just there were some curious decisions. You know, they actually won the morning session, and then they then they played poorly in the afternoon. They didn't have their hot team out there. 
and uh, obviously we can we can pick apart a lot of the things that occurred in that regard. That decision reminded me, Bob, a lot of Medina when um, you know we didn't play Keegan and Phil Saturday afternoon when they were on such a roll, and they talk so much about the Ryder Cup being mo- about momentum. So you know you would think those guys coming off their morning round that you know you would have put them right back in. I'm curious uh, being there. With Phil and Keegan sitting out all day Saturday, I mean, that just seemed bizarre. Well, and I think a lot of that had to do with what happened on Sunday night. Um, You know, listen, there's no way in the world I could ever envision Phil Mickelson not playing for an entire day. I mean, it uh, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you just don't do that. He made the team, uh, you know, fair and square. He, he won his match on Friday morning with Keegan to run their record in the Ryder Cup to 4-0. It wasn't like they got waxed in the afternoon, but they played a good team. They played Dubasan and GMAC, who were rested. And this is where, you know, Watson made some errors, I think. He didn't, he didn't think about that. If, if those guys were going to sit, it needed to be in the afternoon. They're not as good at foursomes as they are at four-ball. Uh, certainly, you know, Phil, Phil, especially this year, you would think that uh, – uh, him playing best ball is, is, is kind of the, the better way to go. Uh, and then that all of that just sort of unraveled. I mean, when, when they played twice on Friday, then it made more sense to sit them out Saturday morning, but that's the format that they're better at. So, uh, you know, and then that the fact that he didn't play at all, Phil had warmed up for the afternoon thinking he was playing, this whole text messaging thing. I mean, it was just sort of a comedy of errors that uh, that, that led to uh, that Sunday night news conference, which was, uh, you know, as, as we all saw, anybody who watched it uh, had, had to be stunned. And obviously those of us in the room were absolutely, you know, blown away by, by the tone and, and just the, the, the coldness of, uh, of what Phil said. Well, he was certainly brutally honest. I, I had a little bit of a different take because I thought when the reporter came back and said, you know, basically to Phil that you kind of threw your captain under the bus. Um, you know, he, I mean, he did answer the question. I think he probably went on and vented, you know, more than he should have. But the guy did ask him, you know, what, you know, what would you see would be a formula for winning? And then I think credit to Tom Watson for, you know, his response and saying, hey, he's got a difference of opinion. I mean, you know, we've kind of forgotten how to have, you know, dialogue about things when we don't necessarily agree and have to suns suddenly sensationalize it. I mean, certainly it probably wasn't the best, you know, venue or dais to, you know, just go on like he did. And obviously he was very frustrated. Um, But, you know, it's interesting because even Paul Azinger quoted, I think, the last uh, day or whatever, you know, was talking about the fact that the uh, issues in the Ryder Cup go far deeper than who Watson should have played what Europe has in place for its selection process is a business model. They are more bonded. We have lone wolf captains. The captain matters. You know, the players matter too. As uh, I think I said last week, Tony Jacklin was quoted for saying the players have to play and the captains have to pray, you know, and that's certainly played out here. Tom certainly had some challenges as far as, you know, the, his, his top players, not, you know, not doing the job, but well, you know, being there and what happened afterwards, I think the key thing here is that, it, it's it's shaking the bushes for the PGA to take a look at this. Well, I mean that's that's just one thing about the venue and the form that Phil took there is it's it's going to have the maximum effect. Him him doing it in that regard, 
you know, it, I, I sort of personally felt that, um, that that wasn't the time or place to do it, or he could have answered the question a little bit more, uh, oh, I'd say with a little bit more respect. He never used Watson's name. He never said a nice thing about Watson. Uh, he, he, he pretty much just took him down there and the guy had to sit there and take it. And, uh, uh, obviously for, to, for him to do that, he must've really, really been upset and mad. And, and I don't blame him, I suppose, for being that way. I'm just not sure that was the time to do it. He had said similar comments, but briefer in interviews outside at, at the 18th and his message was going to get across. Uh, but he sure made sure it got across in that news conference. All that said, like like you were saying, uh, I do think a lot. Of, it's it's more on the players. I've always been one who thinks the captain gets too much credit and too much blame in, in the Ryder Cup. It's not like a football coach calling plays. You know, yes, you've got your pairings, and and Watson made mistakes with his pairings. But uh, you know, Phil referenced the whole. You know, we were totally invested. Uh, under Paul Azinger, you know, we were a part of the process. And, you know, my reaction there is, you mean you can't be invested if you're not? Isn't isn't playing in the Ryder Cup and playing for, for the U.S. enough to be invested? Can't you play your, your tail off regardless? You know, I mean, it just, um, I think from afar, it just makes Americans look bad, you know, to, to, to go on like that, like he did. I mean, he, I, I wrote this today. I said, just because he was right, Phil was right, doesn't make what he did right. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I don't care if you have pods, whatever the system. You know, as great as Zinger was in 2008, you gotta, you got to remember that on the European side, their top three guys, Harrington, Westwood, and Garcia that year, were terrible. You know, it's, it's a lot of it's about the players, you know, so – uh, there's nothing else, though, that's going to keep us talking about it. And I, I would have thought they'd have been motivated beyond belief to win after what happened two years ago. Uh, we keep saying that, and, uh, and nothing seems to change. It, 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 it doesn't. And I think that the difference also, which if you don't really understand going way back uh, to where the Europeans kind of dug themselves out of the hole for years with the Ryder Cup, uh, that they were always considered kind of the underdog tour and, uh, you know, didn't have uniforms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all this stuff that Tony Jacklin turned around to really get them, you know, um, into, into the spirit. And, uh, you know, they've been comeback kids forever. And they feel it and they band together as brothers. They really do. I mean, it is, there's a chip on their shoulder that's, you know, um, you know, higher than the tallest player. I mean, it's just incredible how they use that to their advantage, even though what's so ironic about that is seven of the 12 players live in the U.S., six of them in Florida. I mean, so those kind of, you know, differences are, are long past. I mean, you know, Justin Rose and Hunter Mahan, who, you know, who played against each other on Sunday, are, are buddies. They, they both work under Sean Foley. You know they're not they're not the adversaries that they were like in the in the 70s and 80s. You know when things started to really pick up. Uh, you know every everybody on that team, I believe, except for Jamie Donaldson, uh, 
he might be the only one actually that has no maybe Gallagher. They have no uh, PGA Tour status. The other ten either are full members or are temporary members or what have you. I mean, so those barriers are are sort of down, and yet they still manage to to uh, to work up that 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 uh, that chip on their shoulder that helps them so much in this thing. So uh, before we let you go, Bob, who would you say was the team MVP for USA? I don't think any doubt about it, Patrick Reed. Uh, you know, he was 3-0-1, uh, didn't get a chance to play the fifth match, uh, was, was, a, was a short putt away. You know, on Saturday he missed a short putt coming down the stretch, uh, you know, two, three-footer that he should have made that, that kind of cost him a victory. Otherwise, uh, he would have been un- he would have been clean slate. No, you know, all wins. Thought it was impressive what he did. I think it's a lesson for the U.S. to, uh, you know, on, on, on how he did it. Absolutely agree. Great for the rookies on both sides, Bob. I'm sure uh, you you need to get a little uh, rest here. We'll let you go. We appreciate you giving your thoughts just back from Glen Eagle, Scotland. As always, Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. You. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got lots more Ryder Cup wrap-up coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. And uh, Rich, this is one of our favorite Golf Insiders. And he's fresh off the Edinburgh Express. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, back from the Ryder Cup. Hey, Babs. Well, fresh is a relative term, but I am back. I'll tell you what, you guys, uh, I don't know how you did it with the time change and it was, uh, it, it was a long, it was a long week just watching it here. I was up every morning, 2 a.m. Yeah, we, we traveled in pods, so Harry and I <laughs> came back in our pod and uh, worked out better. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I got to tell you, actually, Cracking the Code is Paul Azinger's book, which he wrote in 2010. And it was all about his winning Ryder Cup strategy. He did it with a, a guy named Ron Braun, who was a you know was a kind of a guru in team building and management. And they were the ones that put that whole thing together. And uh, it was a fascinating, fascinating read. And I sit there scratching my head, going, you know, we we had our own template, and we walked away from it. Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, if I'm a U.S. captain, I think I'm certainly going to read that book. And, and it's funny, Azinger has said none of the captains since have really asked him a whole lot about it. Uh, McGinley read it, and Monty read it. But uh, you know, you know, I only put so much weight into the pods and the system. And I mean, I, I want to see some player accountability. You roll these guys out there, you got to play. You got to play well. And uh, I think part of uh, the shame of what happened on Sunday, really, and with Phil's comments and all that happened with Captain Watson was he kind of overshadowed a great European win where this team is loaded. I mean, they they were they had horses like Poulter and McDowell that are Ryder Cup stalwarts going three times and embracing those roles. And those guys just played so well as one, and, and they just whooped us. So, you know, the rest of it was a bunch of smokescreen to me. I just think European 
team put it to us. And even with some of the stuff that was going on, you know, a little bit of the buzz about um, uh, McDowell and 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 uh, McElroy. I mean, they they put that right to bed, you know, right right at the get go. And you you know you see they they just you know they just band together. It's all about the team. You know, even McElroy, as great as his, as his win was on Sunday, you still got the sense that it wasn't about one guy standing out. They just all, you know, did it as a team. They just have that way of, you know, melding together. No, no doubt. I mean, they, they play better than the sum of their parts. They always do. And now those parts are even better than they ever were. You know, there were times you look at the Brookline team that, that lost on Sunday, and they had three guys on that team they were trying to hide until Sunday. You know, now the European side is so deep, you're leaving Luke Donald at home. So, you know, a lot was made that McElroy and McDowell weren't going to play together. There was a rift there. Well, when McDowell flipped his match against Spieth and walked off the side of the 16th green there, the first guy whose arms he fell into was McElroy, and it was a real embrace. And they really do come together as one. I mean, they basically have a 12-man pod. And, uh, you know, all credit to them. They, McGinley was brilliant. He had a great plan. He, those guys knew their roles. Uh, you know, a guy like McDowell, he knew for two years he was going to go out number one in singles. So uh, they embraced it, and they bought into it, and they played well, and, and it ended up in a huge victory for Europe. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, we saw some disappointment, I think, on Sunday. I, I mean, there were some, you know, questionable missed chips by Fowler. Mahan kind of flubbed it at the end there. Uh, you know, Furick again, you know, we don't know what's going on in his head. And again, uh, like Furick in particular, pretty, you know, pretty silent during the press conference. Where were also some of these guys stepping up and, and talking? Yeah, you know, Furick was pretty good out on the 18th green. And, and we asked him about Captain Watson out there. And, and he, he was high road. You know, he said, look, it's it was nice to play for Watson. The guy's a legend. He was he was all high road. And he got put in an awkward spot when he got asked to kind of assess you know what was going on in there between uh phil and, and the captain and handle it pretty well but you know, he's a stand-up guy but you know in playing wise he was the top american coming in at fourth in the world he went one and three bubbo you didn't even know bubbo was in scotland he was zero and three you know there our big guys don't step up the way their big guys step up you know mcelroy rose garcia stenson all those high-ranked guys they all were huge impact players and our guys who are at the top of our rankings just weren't. You know, Babs, uh, congratulations on a job well done over there. And uh, I'm sure Thanks. that was a, a nice ride home in the in the party uh, press plane there, or whatever you guys were, <laughs> however you got home. But, uh, Babs, you know, I know you're not one to miss an, an opportunity. Did you make it down to the betting uh, place and, and place a little wager? I did. You know, I usually do when I'm across the pond, but we were, we were kind of in town there. Uh, staying at this place just a couple miles from the course and there were no betting shops and and honestly i would have put some money early week full disclosure at seven to four you know i would have put money on uh, or four to seven i guess the americans i just thought they it was perfect for them they were under the radar low expectations you had guys like ricky and jimmy walker and a few of those guys going in there with some form and uh i'm glad i didn't find a shop because i would have come home a few uh Pounds lighter. <laughs> well, it, it had to have been a very late night of uh, head scratching after everything went down uh, after the press conference. But who do you think should be the next captain of Team USA? I think it might be Bob Rotella. 
You know, you need a shrink in there to, to get these guys' heads around it. Uh, you know, I mean, call in Doctor Geo. We need it. We need a team of psychologists. Right. I think Holly G should be at the helm of that team and Hazel team. And oh, there you go. He is the assistant, but you know, Azinger. Everyone wants to go to Azinger. My question is, he he had a great win at Valhalla. He beat a team that wasn't in very good form, honestly. The, the European team had some young guys in their first taste of Ryder Cup. What if you come back and if you're Paul Azinger and don't win? I mean, don't you kind of crush your legacy? It's it's kind of interesting. You know, I know he's confident enough to do it, and he'll want to do it and want to get a good job and you know do a good job and and get it done. But I tell you what, I think he puts a lot on the line if he goes up there and doesn't win. I completely agree. Uh, that's a tough call. What do you say, Rich B? I think that's a you know that's that would be good because I think uh, Paul's got the uh, cojones or the you know Paul's got the balls. <laughs> To say what's on his mind, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, like, let's get this done. Hold these guys responsible. Yeah, he's got the attitude to do it. But, uh, and, and he's, I, I think, the way there's such disarray right now with what happened on Sunday, he'd be the obvious, you know, choice. So <clears throat> PGA is going to step back, look at it. But, you know, at some point his phone call is going to ring and it's a matter of if he says yes or no. And how about the European side? We've just got a minute left. You know, Darren Clark's in there to get a team. Uh, Thomas Bjorn's going to get a team. They, they're just lined up. And these guys, you know, they've been in the team room already. Clark's been an assistant. Bjorn's been an assistant. Uh, they got these guys lined up, and they just have scores of them down the road. And, and they all have winning records and good experiences. And, and our guys don't. So it's going to be interesting for a lot of years. Well, and they pick, they announce the captain, what, the end of the year? Yeah, they usually try to do it by the end of the year. But I'm PGA of America might sit back and really take this one apart and then look at everything. And uh, But I think by the end of the year, they like to have a guy in place. And uh, certainly by the Masters, when the points start accumulating, they want to have a guy in place. We'll have a lot to talk about for the next uh, couple of months, that's for sure. Yeah, make your reservations now. 2016, Minnesota, here Hazel we come. Hazeltine, bring your long <laughs> underwear. All right. Babs, thanks so much. Get some sleep. We appreciate it. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, one of our favorite golf insiders. Here's a listen to 740 The Game. The Golf Insiders will be back. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. If we could just make We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. Talking about the Ryder Cup. Congratulations. Team Europe, six and a half, defeating the USA. 11 and a half points. I'll tell you my new favorite Rich B coming out of these matches. He's the rookie on the European side. You know who it is. Victor Dubuisson. Oh, please. Making, making a name please. for French golf. Golf, yeah. You know what? And uh, they're going to have the, uh, they're going to host the Ryder Cup here in a few years. Two years. So I tell you what, th- that guy's going to be a rock star by the time we get to France. And I, I watched him win the Turkish Open last year in November. And then that match, the WGC event in Arizona earlier this year, have you ever seen anything crazier than that semifinal? That guy hit it out of everywhere, at least out of every cactus on the course. (laughs) 
He is a stud, I'm telling you. Um, and, I mean, what a great showing by the rookies on both sides, including Jamie Donaldson from Europe, a rookie at, what, 39? And our own Jimmy Walker at 35. So I say, um, hey, you know, let the rookies in. Let the rookies play. Uh, you know what? We've got uh, a true uh, champion, true man of the press. We do. One of our favorite golf insiders, former golf columnist for the Detroit Free Press, the Detroit News. He's covered everything. And now with PGATour.com in his sort of retirement, Barton Capellian. Hello, Barton. Hello there. How are you all? Great. Uh, how many riders? I don't know where to begin. Listen, I don't know where to begin. Uh, let, me, let, let me just say that the fact that uh, your French buddy uh, hit shots out of everywhere isn't necessarily a good thing. Because some of those places you're not supposed to be in to begin with. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, cactus can bite back, so, you yeah, know. right. Uh, how many Ryder Cups have you covered, Barton? Lots. Uh, wow. Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, Did you cover Watson I, back when he captained the no, first that time? Was the, that was the first one I, I didn't cover. I, every Everything after that I, I covered. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, it was it's uh, it, it was interesting, wasn't it? Listen, there there was nothing we didn't see anything last week that we didn't know or didn't expect. That's the bottom line. We kind of knew what was going to happen uh and and exactly that happened. Well, and you mentioned it when we had you on a few weeks ago. You said, you know, yes, captains matter, but bottom line, it's about the players. And we've, you know, had a lot of conversation leading up to the Ryder Cup and people, you know, the stats people going crazy over, you know, digging up, you know, Furyk's record and Mickelson's record and we can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's all that stuff. You can you can throw all that in the trash. There's there's a couple of things. Uh, it's not the system. It's just uh, the Euros, and it's hard for Americans to accept this, simply are better golfers right now. Americans learn to hit the golf ball. They're great swingers. The Europeans learn to play golf. If you can make that distinction, you're way ahead of the game. Americans, uh, the latest generation of Americans, is all about hitting the ball high, far, and straight, then hitting it on the green. Uh, the Europeans are all about playing the game, learning how to play the game like we used to do baseball on the sandlots. Remember back in those days? Well, they Rich you know, B does. Yeah, well, the kids don't learn baseball on the sandlots anymore. They have this very structured, you know, 45-minute practice, six-inning game, and then they're done for the week. Uh, that's not how the earlier generations did it. Uh, you were on the sandlot eight hours a day. You learned how to play the game. That's what the Europeans have all over us. They know how to play the game. They know how to score. I can just give you one example. Uh, based on what I saw on television, the shot Hunter Mann had and the shot Martin Keimer had were very, very similar. I think it was the 18th hole where uh, Mahan flew his uh, attempted lob wedge, whatever it was, Blew the green. over the green, over the green. And what did Keimer do with his? He holed out. Very similar shots. That's what the Euros do. They, they play the game. Uh, you know, the, yeah, they use track, man. Yeah, they do all that sort of stuff. But they're not, they're not hooked on this technical approach to the game. 
Uh, I, I'll, I'll, you can never forget Oakland Hills in 04 when the Europeans were hitting it in places that the galleries and those in New Oakland Hills were saying, you know, you can't hit it there. Well, guess what, folks? They were hitting it there, and they were getting it up and down, or they were holding out. And the other, the other thing that bothers me is that, uh, you know, we hear all these comparisons. Jack's record at the Ryder Cup was whatever. Uh, Watson's record as a, as a player was whatever. Trevino's record. Lanny Watkins's record. And we compare those to Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Jim Furyk. Let me just say this. Jack and, and uh, Lanny and Larry Nelson, they got all those victories against guys who couldn't beat Beamer on their best day. I mean, they were beating up on guys that nobody ever, they were beating up on club pros. <laughs> no, truly, they were, yeah. they, were, they were club pros. They were European tour pros. How, and we know 40 years ago, the European tour I mean, wasn't as good as, I, I don't know, pick a tour, the Hooters tour, you know? Uh, and so we've got everybody saying, yeah, well, his record's not as good as Jack's or Lanny's or whatever. They weren't playing the same caliber of people. Does, does anybody out there agree with me on that? I, I do. Um, and what's interesting is they seem to be able to also make the plays in the key pressure moments. I mean, look, at Keimer was being criticized quite a bit about, you know, his short game, especially at Pinehurst where he was putting the thing from everywhere. And here in a moment where you're kind of wondering, whoa, can he, can he pull it off? He, he, you know, he pulls out a wedge and he, and he sinks it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's really that. I, it's, it's, the, it's not the system. It's not. It's not the captains. I'm glad I said that last time I was on. I don't remember saying it, but I've I felt that way uh, forever. It's the guys who go out and play. Uh, and and you know, look, I'll just stand by what I said earlier. The Americans are wonderful golfers. They hit the ball beautifully, but that's that's what they're taught. Uh, that's how they've grown up, and, they, and they've grown up that way because uh, all the golf courses built over the last 25 years that a lot of the young players the college players you know that's what the college players are taught too you know to go through their mental checklist and all that thing they don't play the game naturally you watch europe and you can just see how much more natural it is and i'm not i'm not being pro-europe anti-american or anything like that but watch watch them play put it in the dvr watch them again and, and europeans play the game so much more naturally and they're fun yeah. to play they're not robots I have to agree with you on that, Varden. You know, that makes a lot of sense that you explain it that way because these guys are, you know, week to week to week on the PGA Tour. You know, the, uh, you know, it's the, the dog and pony show, wheel it out. We do the same thing every week, every week. There's no uh, interacting. There's no, uh, you know, uh, group play. You know, there's no hanging out with the guys. You know, they go and do their bit and leave, and, you know, it's a job. And uh, Whereas... You know, as you said, with the European teams, these guys are looking forward to this. You know, and sometimes I think some of the U.S. guys really aren't looking forward to it. Not only and, that, and, but and they, what, they... And there's a reason why they're not looking forward. What is that reason? That reason is the President's Cup. Let's be really honest. The Americans have to do... Basically, you've got the same core group of eight or nine or ten Americans that every year have to go through something like this. The Europeans, every two years... You know, they have time to refuel. They have time to get excited again. They, they have time to, you know, take the, you know, the first year they can celebrate, and then the second year, okay, now we start getting excited, and they get excited. 
honestly, how many Americans do you look at at this thing and can, and say that they're excited to be there? No, they look I exhausted. Have, I don't see that, you know. But the Europeans, and, and it's, you know, it's the President's Cup. If you want to change the system, have a rule in there that you can't have the same 12 players for both. You know, and maybe give the players the choice. Oh, I, I like know. that because Something. now you're bringing some new blood into the game, okay? We, you know, because you got Spieth and Reed as, a, you know, a great twosome, split them up in the afternoon. Maybe you can get them to feed off of somebody else. You, yeah. know, I, you know, I like that, uh, Barton. Yeah. That's a good and, idea. You know, and, and, there's other, and there's other, you know, there's other ways you can, you can do that. Uh, yeah, the system needs to be tweaked. Yeah, we have to wait until after the the FedEx Cup to get, you know, the Billy Horschels or the Chris Kirks in and get people who are maybe a little bit more on form instead of guys who were, you know, hot, you know, 18 months ago type thing. Uh, but I, I just think, you know, there's got to be something where you can go to the players and say, are you exhausted? Do you really want to be a part of this? If you want to be a part of this, uh, you know, Phil talked about giving the players a say in what they're doing. How about that? How about a say on whether they want to be there or not? I'm sure. I'm sure most of them are going to say, "Yeah, I want to be there. I don't want to miss the Ryder Cup. Of course, I want to be there." But at least you're empowering them with that decision. You're putting it on them uh, instead of putting them in the situation where right now they have no choice. If they make it on points, they're going to go. Um, would they pick the President's Cup? Well, based on everything we hear about, you know, that being, you know, not nearly as, as you know, taxing emotionally. Uh, or whatever, yeah, they might take the President's Cup, but I don't think so. I think that a lot of a lot of those players still rather be on the Ryder Cup than the than the President's Cup if you gave them the choice. Absolutely, I mean the Ryder Cup's got all that tradition. Clearly, the President's Cup was a, a made for creation by the PGA Tour. Before we let you go, uh, fill us in on the Champions Tour. John Cook, our very own John Cook from here from Orlando, winning the. Uh, Nature Valley tournament out at Pebble Beach. How's uh, this wrapping up for the Schwab Cup? Well, you know, this is uh, Cook's time of year. He wins all his events in October and November, so he's right. Uh, he's in right in the peak of his season. Of course, this year for him was interrupted uh, by injury, but uh, yeah, he's looking. I'm sure he's looking forward to the Charles Schwab Cup. He does very well in, in October, November, so he's excited about that, especially coming off the victory. Well, it's, uh, we've got a lot more golf on the Senior Tour coming in the wraparound season starting next week. Varton, thank you as always. We appreciate your insights. We always appreciate you spending time okay. with us. Varton Capellian, 740 The Game, the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G and Rich B wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk, Ryder Cup Championship matches. Rich B, you've played a lot of match play. I have played some match play, uh, and I like it. I really do. The difference between four ball and foursomes, which clearly we were very weak, the U.S. team. There's, you know, so much strategy involved, especially when it comes to the pros. You know, who's the better tee ball off the tee? Who's the better chip wedge player? Then you've got putting and the whole, you know, God, the you difference of the just, balls. You can just fall into like a black hole of continual bad shots. 
and and it's just the like pressure. I love seeing the yeah, pressure it's like on you these cannot guys. Pull out you of don't it. want to let your partner down. <laughs> well, you end up putting them in bad places, and it's just you know one thing, and it just starts weighing on your mind, and it's just so hard to pull out of that tailspin, and um, uh, you know it's very difficult, really, for sums when you you know you got one ball in play and you got two guys beating on it. And, you know, you're trying not to leave the other guy in a bad spot is what it amounts to. Well, it's, you know, I think Ryder Cup is one of those things I can continually go back and watch over and over because especially the alternate shot. It, it, you just see the pressure. You see the guys grinding away. And, um, you know, we certainly saw some not so desirable places that their teammates left at the USA especially. That, that format is just so, you know, I mean, I mean, even at the country club level, is you know you don't see a whole lot of foursome play. They play it in England, okay? You know they uh, they they do a lot more of that than we do. Yeah, they sure do. And we should say hats off to Paul McGinley who just led a brilliant European team. Um, such a likable personality and certainly uh, greatly respected. His fellow captain Tom Watson. It was a, a difficult loss. I thought perhaps we might have our own miracle like we did in Medina, but it just didn't prove out. And uh, there's going to there's gonna be a lot of talk about this for the next uh, next couple of months, I think, Rich B, until they make the big announcement. You know the way to get over this is have a beer. Happy hour at Sam Sneed's will definitely take care of my problem. All right, Rich B. So what's your big takeaway from the weekend? Uh, you know, I, I found it on the computer. I watched it on the internet. It was great. And, uh, that was my big takeaway. Hats off to the rookies, Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth. Congratulations, Euros. We're out of here.